0: 707 on CJAD. Welcome to Today's Entrepreneur, presented by Fuller Landau, a program about the entrepreneurial spirit that drives Quebec business. Dan Delmar, along with Fuller Landau's Josh Miller. How's it going, Josh? Good evening, Dan. Great tonight, thanks. And our guest this evening uh, of Colbinet, Joseph Basili, is back on the program. Uh, welcome back, Joseph.
1: Thank you very much.
0: Now, uh, Joseph, uh, there's lots of news when it comes to, to Colbenet lately. Uh, you've launched a new venture.
1: Yes, we are launching this year IPTV, which means that we will be offering TV over the copper wire. We will be the, the first one uh, to offer over copper wire because we we are co-located in Bell Central offices and we can offer in many areas of Montreal good internet speeds to offer IPTV. Our services are also unlimited.
2: Now, Dan, tonight's story is a really interesting one because it not just talks about the entrepreneur and his story, but Colbinet is now gone public in the last number of months, Mm -hmm. so we get to hear how this Quebec SME, this entrepreneur, ends up taking his business, growing it, making a fantastic product and service, and taking it to the public market in the public market sector. So, Joseph, where did you start with Colbinet?
1: I started in 1996, as you know, uh, Jean, I am a chemist and I have two children and I told my children I would like you to either be a lawyer or a, an MD. My, my daughter listened to me, she got her masters in pharmacology, but my son said, Dad, I want to be a computer programmer. And I told him, okay, if you want to be a computer programmer, you won't run away, we will work together. And we opened uh, a, a Colbanet in 1996.
2: Now did this you didn't always do? Obviously the IP uh, or the television is new today, but what did it start out back then?
1: We started with a dial-up, 56k, very slow technology, but those were the, the fun days because we had to turn off in our central office in, in our data center, as you say, we had to turn off the, the modems and turn them back back on because when they were too hot, they wouldn't give the connection to the, to the internet hmm. uh, consumers
2: is a little bit of technology chain that, that, that's that gone along the way. How do you keep up as far as equipment?
1: Well, of course, the, 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 actually the, the equipment outlasts the technology. So the modems and the equipment we bought to offer dial-up at the time are still being used today so they are 10 years old, 15 years old they still work, but dial-up today is like a dinosaur almost nobody uses except for the older people who just want to read their emails typically, or people who are far away from Montreal, let's say in uh, Santa del areas uh, far from Montreal, they only have dial-up because the copper wire from the central office, the central office to their home is so long that they cannot offer uh, ADS
2: Now, you said you were a chemist by trade. So the technology aspect, I presume you you end up surrounding yourself with some of the people so that they can stay on top of the changing technology and help you and assist you in finding out and maneuvering what exactly is required to hit this market
1: yes it's very important uh, being a chemist i am not very technical so my son-in-law is a phd in computer engineering and he works part time in the company my son is a computer programmer so he, <clears throat> in fact my son was the systems administrator in the in um, when we started with dial up until we started with uh, with uh, adsl and uh, a funny story that happened is that uh, when he was doing his computer programming degree he had to take care of also of the system and one night we had an outage and at three o'clock in the morning we were driving down on park avenue at three o'clock in the morning to turn the modems back on and two beautiful girls started uh, coasted us and <laughs> were driving next to us and they were asking my my son hello do you want to have fun tonight and his reply was no i have to work and i said my god what did i do to <laughs> my son <laughs>
2: Oh, I'm sure he doesn't regret a single moment. (laughs) Now, does that mean you have family in the business?
1: Yes, in fact, uh, we have four generations. My father is 93 and he works three days a week. Uh, my then um, I work also with uh, in the in the business my son my daughter my son-in-law and I have a grandson whom I take on my lap he's only he came we started coming to the office when he was two months old so we trained them very early on and to tease my daughter I tell her I tell my son-in-law I mean my grandson I know where you're gonna work when you grow up and my daughter would say no 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 dad you let him do what he wants
2: (laughs) now many family businesses you know sometimes the role are not so obvious of the different family members and as, and Joseph as you're telling me that there's number of people that are working how did how do you assign roles or do they naturally fill them along the way
1: uh, you mean the family the family rules yeah family rules they choose i think the the, the most the, the way to keep the family together it is to let the children win let them choose my two children have an mba they so they're knowledgeable they learned what is done outside and of course they they have a very good value that they bring into the company and i listen to them and as they grow they they start using me as a sounding board but at the end of the day, I say you do whatever you want.
2: So you don't experience, there's never disagreements between family members?
1: Of course there is agreement, <laughs> but with love. With a lot of love in the recipe. So,
2: so, you, so what, what's the, how do you work out the, the slight disagreements uh, as you're conducting
1: business? So we sit down, we talk, we argue, and at the end you have to say, look son, look daughter, you do it your way. And of course they say, okay, I'll do it my way, but they remember what dad said. So it's a mix of what dad said one time, uh, of what they think another time, because if they're adamant that they studied it in university, they it, it makes a good a good balance.
2: And does your father still play a role in the business and, I guess, imparting his knowledge and wisdom?
1: Yes, of course. For me, my dad is my sounding board because we, we built the companies. We started 46 years ago together. I have been with my dad so long that we shared the same experiences. But it's the way you see the perception of the problem, the perception, the, the way you bring a solution. And the, he is my sounding board. And I hope I will be the sounding board for my my children also.
2: It sounds like it's a great relationship to have. and. You know, I think you should be very thankful. Not all entrepreneurs have such a great, open, and honest relationship with their family. Sometimes it comes to occasional battle or not, but it sounds like uh, Joseph Basili and his family have worked things out very well. And I think one of the dynamics that I'd like to explore a little further is what about the different generations, and how do the different generations and ideas and thought process really work inside a business? And I'm looking
0: forward to discussing that with Joseph in a moment. Today's Entrepreneur continues on CJAD. It's 7.15 right now.
3: For professional advice with a personal touch, consult Fuller Landau, chartered accountants and business advisors. Click on flmontreal.com. 718
0: on CJ80. Today's entrepreneur inspiring stories from outstanding business people Dan Delmar along with Fuller Landau's Josh Miller and our guest this evening, Joseph Basili of Colbenet, and uh, we're talking about uh, Joseph how uh, Colbenet is really a family business and uh, you have three going on four generations now. How do you find uh, the dynamic differing between uh, various people, between you, your father, your son? Uh, what, What does everyone bring to the table, and what are some of the differences that you have to work out?
1: Sure. The, 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 the major difference, if we take my dad, since he we started business together, he was he started a wax hair remover business, and we're number one in Canada, but he's still in that business. So I told him that, and I did my chemistry, my graduate studies in chemistry to work with him. Then I wanted to diversify, and I told him, Dad, we should diversify. And his answer was, no, son, I will finance you, but I'm staying focused on my business. Now, so he focused on his only business. I diversified. My children multitask. They do three, four things at the same time and this is the the major difference so by the fact that they control technology so well they can do many things at the same time uh, as you know now young people have those intelligent phones in their hands they 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 twitter they they facebook they do they they google it's absolutely fantastic
2: you know so, some of the baby boomer generation don't necessarily understand this multitasking ability of the of the current generation do you find joseph that it takes away some of the focus or can they really multitask properly
1: of course it depends on the people but if i talk about my children they are very focused at the office so for example that we spend 90 percent of their time i think on the business 10 percent multitasking so they 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 spread the, the workload intelligently
2: you know, I think uh, after hearing a lot of entrepreneurs uh, talk on the show, Dan, and we've heard a lot of different generational topics and people bringing in family, and uh, th- while they always talk so nicely about their offspring, there are certainly definitely challenges along the way when it comes to these different types of work ethic, as you, if you will, multitasking, trying to stay focused. But I think it does come down to work ethic. And if the generation, the current generation has the work ethic, then and that's what they learn from their parents and grandparents that's certainly where the entrepreneurs the baby boomers the ones passing off the business are certainly going to benefit and that's something that and yeah, I guess everybody has to learn a little bit—the young from the old, and the old from the young.
1: Well, what I may add about that multitasking—it's only—it's not only having fun. For example, when you need some legal advice, you take the phone, you pay your lawyer three, four, five, six hundred dollars an hour. But the young—the young generation, when they do their MBA, some of their friends are are lawyers in big law firms, or are bankers, or you know they work in accounting firms. So what they do—they—they they tweet, they send a message. They SMS, they ask the question, and they get the legal advice for free.
2: So you're saying they, they use their networks more than the older generations?
1: By far, by far, because they know how to do it instantly. In the old days, you used to call, leave a message, or even now you email, but people don't read their emails as much as they read their SMSs. So yeah, I think they're much more productive with all the social networks that, that we have today.
0: Today's Entrepreneur on CJAD continues. Our guest, Joseph Basili of Colbanet.
3: For professional advice with a personal touch, consult Fuller Landau, chartered accountants and business advisors. Click on flmontreal.com.
0: Welcome back to Today's Entrepreneur. Our guest this evening, Joseph Basili of Colbanet, And uh, we were speaking earlier of, uh, of Joseph, of your new IPTV, IPTV service and how you'll be taking on some major players in the market uh, like Vidotron and and Bell Express View. Uh, Are you going into this, um, is it intimidating to take on these these huge players in in the TV market?
1: No, I don't get intimidated easily. We are the Walmart of internet, so what we do is that we offer more at a lower cost. And uh, people, of course, uh, some people will stay, of course, with the big names, but uh, we get a lot of customers because of our aggressive pricing for the same quality.
2: You've been in this business now for quite a number of years. Was there a, a slow build-up to get to this com- competitive level? And how do you keep tabs of, every them, of all of them?
1: Well, of course, we started with, uh, with dial-up, and we we were all on a level playing field. You know, There was no barrier at entry. Then Videotron started offering the cable service, Bell, the DSL service, and then it became a duopoly. This is. Those were the hardest days because we didn't we didn't have the, the 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 chance to offer the same service. The CRTC then obliged Bell and Videotron to to. To let us piggyback on their networks and to resell their services white label under our name, and so we started rebuilding the the our customers. Now, of course, you have to stay on top. You have to to read. You have to to consult in order to know what is coming. Recently, the because of the 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 hard way we have to compete with the the ISPs. Not not the big incumbents, but the, uh, the independent ISPs uh, made an association called CINAD, the Canadian Network, Network Operators. Uh Network uh, c- Consortium, and in that association there are big names like uh, Primus, Distributel, TechSav etc. So I'm on the board of that association, and I'm also chairman of the negotiations committee. So I I negotiate with the the big telephone companies, etc. And
2: you've and you've been on this board or involved in this group for a long time now.
1: Since it was founded, and that was about five six months ago. So it's a it's a young association, very dynamic, very knowledgeable. It's old company presidents that that are in that association and that of course helps me be on top of what of everything that is happening in the telecom field in the isp field
2: now before this consortium came about about six months ago i mean you've been in business for many years before that how did you stay on top of them? How, on, on your competition? How do you stay involved? What other areas did you have to keep your eyes wide open for?
1: Well, on the on the regulatory side, of course, you have to go on the CRTC website to see what's happening. You read uh, the technical uh, articles, etc. And of course, you 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 once you know your field and you're an expert, you have to compete in uh, advertising, in service, customer service, like a regular business.
2: So you really have to stay on top. You have to know your industry know your sector very well and I guess know all the trade magazines and the people to talk to and stay on top of I presume as in as in any business is there a particular marketing strategy that you use uh, that really props you up uh, and compares you against them well.
1: Yes, of course, what we do now is, of course, it's uh, as I said, we were the the Walmart of internet, so it's the lowest price. So, but we advertise in in specific newspapers and mainly in um, in uh, electronically, so on google, on on facebook, on on websites like that.
2: Very interesting to hear is certainly the growth pattern, and I'm really looking forward to this entrepreneur took his company public, and that's some exciting stuff that I'm looking forward to hearing about.
0: Today's Entrepreneur continues in a moment on CJAD. Our guest is Joseph Basili of ColbaNet, and we'll return in a moment. Also, we'll we'll take more of an IT angle uh, in the second half hour with uh, Kevin Ammerman, IT Director at Fuller Landau, and uh, he'll be here to answer... Uh, some IT questions for you as well. If you have any regarding your small or medium-sized business, 514-790-0991 and StarTalk, star 8255 on Bell Mobility. It's 730 right now on CJD.
3: For professional advice with a personal touch, consult Fuller Landau, chartered accountants, and business advisors. Click on flmontreal.com.
0: on CJD. Welcome back to Today's Entrepreneur, presented by Fuller-Landau, a program about the entrepreneurial spirit that drives Quebec business. Dan Delmar, along with Fuller-Landau's Josh Miller, and our guest this evening, Joseph Basili of Colbinet. And Joseph, uh, you recently took the company public, which is a decision I'm sure you didn't take lightly.
1: Of course not, but that uh, that had been my dream for the past 25 years. So I took the smaller company of the companies I have public to, uh, since I'm 63 years old today, in order to realize a dream, and I have absolutely no regrets. It's a small company; the value, the market cap is small, but I would like to build it with time, with time, enhance shareholder value, and hopefully make it a, a big, big company.
2: Now it must have been a whole process, and certainly not every small business goes public. Can you walk us through a little bit of the process and and how you went about taking this company public, Joseph?
1: Yes, of course. <clears throat> the, the hardest part was to find a sponsor because you have to find a, a a broker who says, okay, I will take you under my wing and I will raise money for you. So there are two ways. If your company is fairly big or if you have a hell of a business model and a business plan, you do an IPO, an initial public offering. But the other way is to form a CPC, a capital pool company, which is a shell. And all, it, all you do is that you you have to find a minimum of 200 shareholders, and they must invest a minimum of $1,000 each. So you raise, let's say, a minimum of $200,000. This is what we did so that we don't get diluted too much. And uh, the goal of that CPC is is to find a target company. And our goal was that the the target company would be called Banet and merge the two together. So we started in 1995, uh, we had two years to do the merger, but then as you remember in 2007-2008 we had that big crash on March 9, 2008. So we decided to wait, otherwise the, the value of the shares would only go down last year there is you have also two stock markets in Canada you have the TSX and you have a new one that is Ontario based called the CNSX the Canadian national stock exchange and our ticker assembly is CB on the Canadian national on the CNSX the advantage of the CNSX is that it's uh, it's it caters to smaller companies the workload you know the the regulatory workload for uh, for business owners, for CEOs, is not as heavy on the TSX.
2: Is it, you know, th- there must be a little bit more to the process. I mean, you have to file certain items or certain documents as you go along. Do you need the assistance of a lawyer or, you know, how, how does the process work of actually taking it to that level of, hey, this company is going to have its its offering to shares to the public or to the greater public?
1: once you find the sponsor the broker then he says you have to write a prospectus and this is the heaviest part Uh, it's a a 100 page document you have to hire lawyers you have to hire accountants you have to do audited financial statements for the past three years often companies private companies don't do audited because we never borrowed from the bank so Mm -hmm. we didn't need it but we did it to go public, and from that $200,000 you raise, uh, more than half of it goes for uh, auditors and lawyers. Once you you have the prospectus, you get your listing, and then every year, of every three months, you have to, to publish your results, you know, the financial statements, so that's unaudited, and at the end of the year, audited financials. And once here, you have the shareholders meeting, the annual shareholder meeting.
2: Now, you never, as I understand your entrepreneurial life, you never really had partners in your various businesses, is that correct?
1: I had uh, in one business, but they were older than me and I bought them out.
2: So then you were pretty much running your own businesses or being sole shareholder for many years.
1: For many, many years.
2: Now that you have this public company that you're leading, you have a responsibility to the shareholders. So you have a, they're not partners, but you certainly have a duty to them. How is how have you looked at that or viewed that as a as a major change in how you operate?
1: Yes, I do consider them as partners because what's good for them will be good for me also. Uh, also, the fact that you're public, you have to be much more structured. All your books have to be up to date. You have to consult your lawyer, your accountant, so everything is done properly. Everything, your mind becomes more organized, more, more structured, and the whole company follows. So you also teach your employees. You have to be on time. You have to offer good service. As you can see, the whole process is improved and I have absolutely no regrets.
2: No, so this is, you would say, from operating a company standpoint, it's actually a big benefit.
1: Yes, it is definitely. It structures you and that's very, very important in a business.
0: Do you not feel more pressure uh, day to day?
1: Yes of well, yeah, yes, somehow, in the sense that you have deadlines, for example, on the CNSX, within the first five days, you have to publish what is new in the business. It doesn't take much time, but you have if you forget the five days, there is a penalty. Everything is with penalty. so you have the, you have the stick.
2: Now, we were talking uh, a little bit earlier, you know going public and trying to expand the product line and, and make sure the service offering is correct. Uh, how have you been accomplishing this? Is this internal? Have you been making some acquisitions along the way?
1: Yes, in my in my business lifespan, I acquired 14 companies. Ten were in the pharmacy, on the pharmaceutical side, and four were on the internet side. The latest one was the CGI internet division, and with it came uh, big names that I shall not name tonight. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, definitely we did make acquisitions, so we grew organically and by acquisition.
2: And of all those 14 acquisitions, have you learned a lesson or two? Is there something that you would... Do differently now, knowing what you know today.
1: Yes, definitely. <clears throat> the big mistake, uh, there are two mistakes I did. One is that I never sold. When you build, you buy a company, you build it, you should sell it because otherwise the brand wears out, the brand dies out, or the laws change in the pharmaceutical world. Uh, if you have a DIN number, the formula can be refused at a point in time because the ingredient is forbidden or becomes, you know, behind the counter, allowed only by the by prescription, etc. So if uh, from here on you know being public the, the goal is to to raise money to build the company to a big size and maybe to to sell one day so that all the shareholders in 5 10 15 years make a lot of money of course some will come in early and come out, get out early but the longer they will stay i i hope the more money they will do they will make
2: are there any acquisitions you made along the way that you regret or perhaps you maybe shouldn't have gone into
1: I don't regret any acquisition, but what I regret is that I didn't think bigger. You know, I thought like a a, a businessman who controls his business 100 uh, percent never goes bankrupt, but you have to leverage. For the same amount of work, you should buy a, a bigger company. If you buy, acquire a bigger company, the staff they have are better formed, are smarter. They, they have a bigger market share, so for the same workload, you, you grow much bigger, you make much more profit it's just a matter of daring to do it and today of course i'm not afraid at all because of the the 14 acquisitions i did
2: no and certainly as you as you take on or as you you kind of cohabitate with the bells of the world and the videotrons of the world you certainly have to have that mentality of you can take it on whether it's david versus goliath or what have you you can certainly defeat and conquer anything i guess i'm curious to know like in your hot market and certainly today's technological advancements. What's next, like what's the hot today? What are you really concentrating on in your business and how are you tackling it?
1: Well, we see our business uh, as offering a pipe to the consumer. That's uh, the, the broadband over in t- over the, 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 the copper wire. The next generation will be offer, of course, fiber to the home that will offer speeds that are a thousand times faster. So, for the next five years, we see that speeds of 20 megabits will be required to, to receive good quality HD. Uh, to start with 3D also, it will be good enough but after that, we'll have to go to four megab- 40 megabits for the next five years. So next five years is 20, then it will be 40. And of course, the the technology will go much, much faster because uh, uh, fibers can offer speed up to a gig. It will be unlimited.
2: And is, and the consumer market that's changing, I guess you you also have to stay on top of that as well with people that are spending their dollars, some a little more conservatively and others just really want the best product out there.
1: Of course, if you live in Westmount, you can offer, <laughs> you can pay the price you want. But if you live in a, in a multi-dwelling unit, you have to to split your your budget in a certain way. So for for internet, you will not pay 150 dollars easily. But it it would be much easier to pay for a triple play, let's say 50 or 60 dollars to get good quality internet, good high speed. Uh, t- that that we call the triple play telephony with unlimited long distance. Canada USA and IPTV
2: there's so much change out there there's so much technology Dan the entrepreneurs today have so many challenges to face what should they invest in what should they spend their time and using the technology today it's it's an absolute minefield there's so much out there you can get absolutely bombarded with information and I think there's a lot of challenges that come up and when Kevin comes on uh, I think we're gonna talk about some of the challenges some of the software that entrepreneurs can use to their benefit and
0: simplify their lives. Kevin Ammerman, IT Director at uh, Fuller Landau, joins the conversation next on Today's Entrepreneur. It's 7.45 right now.
3: For professional advice with a personal touch, consult Fuller Landau, Chartered Accountants and Business Advisors. Click on flmontreal.com.
0: 7.47 on CJD, Today's Entrepreneur. Inspiring stories from outstanding business people, Dan Delmar, along with Fuller Landau's Josh Miller. Our guest this evening, Joseph Basili of Colbonet and uh, we bring into the conversation the IT director at Fuller Landau, Kevin Ammerman. Welcome back, Kevin. Hello, thank you. So let's uh, let's start by talking about small and medium-sized businesses who who may be hesitant to to adopt uh, computerized systems or to, to really to to get on the bandwagon when it comes to uh, to IT technology. What advice would you have to, for our entrepreneurs who who fear, first of all, making that investment, and also, um, I guess, transferring all of their old paperwork onto uh, onto something more electronic?
4: It's it. There are a few companies out there today, even today, that are pretty much run on uh, pencil and paper. Uh, the vast majority of them are computerized to at least some degree, but it's surprising how many are still relying on systems that were installed probably in the 80s or something like this and, and they've never been upgraded and a lot of that is just simply through fear fear of changing things and uh, fear of springing new things on their employees so uh, they've had employees that they have been with the company for, for many many years they're very efficient at the, at the tasks that they're performing um, and they're very hesitant to change this this line of business kind of application that they're using um, but the new fear that's emerging is how are you going to support these old systems because literally the, the people that uh, know these systems inside and out, uh, they just don't exist anymore. They've moved on to other careers, in some cases they've died, and uh, it's, it's almost impossible to find support for, for a system that was installed in the 80s. So you're saying that
2: you really gotta get out of the dinosaur age, some people, uh, and embrace today's technology, but don't be afraid of it because it can really help you. I mean, what are the areas, I mean, entrepreneurs shouldn't be afraid, what's their, what's their one highest thing they shouldn't be afraid of and should really use to
4: their advantage? Uh, well, the big thing is to uh, look at the scale of their business and to make sure that the software and the tools, just the general tools that they're using, suit the scale of their business and their growth plans. So if you're planning on, on launching a business and maybe you've only got five people in the office now, but you're planning on expanding, you're quadrupling your business in the next 16 months, don't get stuck with a system and don't spend time entering uh, information into a system and wasting time when you should be looking at growth and planning on something bigger
0: and joseph was saying earlier that i mean you still have clients joseph who are still on on dial up right so not everyone's caught up
4: absolutely absolutely
1: of course the churn is is high we're on dial up but we definitely have maybe 10% of the the customers we had 10 years ago who are still on dial up
2: wow some some of the entrepreneurs that are still clinging to their paper and pencil are worried about information and the information that's out there whether it's in cyberspace whether they could lose it how how can you allay their fears, Kevin? Like, what should they really pay attention to?
4: Well, it's, it's definitely, it's correct to be a little bit worried about the information that we're putting out there. A lot of people, and especially when we're talking about social networking things and, 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 and those kind of new systems, uh, they're putting out a lot more information than they really need to. So take a look at what's really important to the, the line of business that you're in, the kind of information that you need to share, and find efficient ways to share that. So don't go overboard. You don't you don't have to put your entire business online if, if you're a bricks and mortar kind of business. But look at ways that you can more effectively share the information that will help your business grow. And make sure you have good controls over that. Um, use well-known tools and get uh, well-informed people to help you out. How, the, how can they protect their information? Um, well, again, you got Your your average business person, especially someone who's moving from pencil and paper into the computer world, they're not going to be able to do this on their own. They're going to need help. to to make sure that they have the right systems in place and that they have the right security measures in place. This doesn't have to cost a fortune, okay? So um, you don't have to bring in security experts or things like this, but deal with a a reputable supplier. um, Deal with uh, companies that are known and trusted and well-recommended to you and ask questions you know when when you're setting these systems up say hey you know what happens if someone tries to attack us is it possible for us to be attacked what kind of uh have you lost any information in the past that's a you know nobody ever asks these questions of their provider but in in a lot of cases they have lost information in the past and and you want to know how they deal with that how they notify their their clients
0: how do you convince a smaller or medium-sized business owner who who is still on on the old system to make the the investment because a lot of people will say well uh you know it's 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 not really going to save me all that much time or it's going to cost way too much how do you get over that 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 financial hurdle
4: uh well it's really sad but a lot of times it comes down to fear and that's that's not a uh, that's, that's not a good growth strategy it's much more encouraging to deal with businesses who who do have a growth plan in mind and are seeing these as tools to expand rather than the kind of companies that are uh propelled by fear to make changes be- just because they're they're worried about the being able to get support for their systems, they're worried about um, being able to communicate with their vendors. Fear is not a good motivator, but in all too many cases, that's what's driving these people. So they they wait until too late, and then they're propelled by external forces to make these changes rather than planning ahead and, and getting ahead of the
2: game. I think fear ends up being a good selling tool, but... Um, for the wrong reason, it may be the right result at the end of the day, but for the wrong reason. And I think I, I'm looking forward to Kevin commenting on afterwards on backups and storing and making sure that your backups are working properly and get restored
0: properly. Today's entrepreneur on CJAD at
3: 7:53. For professional advice with a personal touch, consult Fuller Landau Chartered Accountants and Business Advisors. Click on flmontreal.com.
0: 7.54 on CJAD. welcome back to Today's Entrepreneur. Our guest this evening, Joseph Basili of Colbonet and the IT Director at Flor Kevin Ammerman. And uh, shall we move on to, to I guess, the, for those who do have systems in their small and medium-sized businesses, uh, how to protect them? And we were talking about
2: backups just before, and I think there's too often entrepreneurs, you know, they have a system in place, they say, oh, yeah, it's backed up, my controller has it, My uh, the secretary backed it up, it's great, it's not, not working, and then disaster happens, and you try and restore the backup, and little do you know, there's nothing on the backup tape. Kevin, what are some
4: things that owners, entrepreneurs have to be aware of? Well, the, the, you're, you're right. Millions and millions of dollars are spent on backup tapes and backup drives and just to disk arrays and things like this. And, and I would say in the majority of times, the stuff that people expect to be backed up isn't. They just, they don't they never check. They set things up. The first day that they buy this fancy equipment, they set it up, they make sure everything's running nice, and then they never look at it again. And, that doesn't work. You've got to keep an eye on these things and make sure that as people add new information and, and new systems, that the backups are still up and running and, and accurate. Um, and it's really important. And it's really simple to do. You just, you know, you try to restore some files before they actually go missing and, and make sure that you can, you can find the information that, that you're that you really need to continue your business. And there are so many uh, inexpensive options, even free options online these days. Um, Again, they're well secured, they're encrypted, um, they give you good visibility and and warnings if there's a problem with your backup via email, and it it provides another layer of security. It takes the fear out of the equation so that you can worry on the more fun things in your business. And as people go
2: more towards this cloud computing, does that make it easier or harder to protect your or safeguard your information.
4: It makes it very different. So even though maybe your email is all hosted online with Google or Microsoft or one of these big companies, but uh, what happens if they have problems? Um, you got to still back that information up. And there are utilities out there that help with this kind of backup, uh, but you got to keep that in mind. Maybe, maybe it'll be something as simple as you'll lose access to that account and, and suddenly you can't get that email for a few days. Um, that few days can be a long time in the business world
2: are there so many softwares to sift through or you know is it is it really tailored you have to look at your business and say this is the right software for me
4: there are in terms of backup software there's a huge variety of not only softwares but different mechanisms that you can use and it really even for a very small business you gotta have more than one back you gotta have a couple of layers in there so making a plan looking at the different ways that you can approach this without spending a fortune and still get an effective backup and and make sure you have a little bit of peace of mind
2: Thank you very much, Kevin. So uh, while fear drives it, uh, you really got to make sure that your security is safe.
4: Definitely.
2: Joseph, uh, I'd really love to ask you this one question. We listened to a great story uh, and your 40 some odd years of being an entrepreneur and in business and taking a company public. Tell us, what one piece or two pieces of wisdom would you give to today's entrepreneur?
1: Okay, of course, there is no magic formula. But uh, the the entrepreneur must go in a field that he is very good at. For example, if you're a technical person, don't go opening a restaurant because if there is a problem, once you're in your area of expertise, you know how to solve the problem. Number two, it's a tough world out there. You have to work very hard. Don't be afraid to, to get to bring in a shareholder who has money or who can bring in advice. And, of course, if you work very hard, you go into the niche market, there are good chances you will be successful.
2: Thank you. Dan, you know, there's so many takeaways of today's show, but I'm going to cling to something that was said earlier on, and while it was a small comment, it, it really resonated with me, and that's understanding and dealing with a family dynamic. Being open to other people's ideas and approaches. Joseph earlier said, you know what, the, the next generation multitasks, and they may or not may not be focused, in his case they are, but you know what, it was a good thing, because maybe they're getting advice, maybe they're using their system to make the most out of it in today's business and today's really fast paced moving entrepreneurial world. So, the embracing that a parent does over a child uh, in their business, I think, is huge, and not enough entrepreneurs and family business take the time and think about it. And that's one thing I'd really like to thank Joseph for bringing out. It was a small point earlier, but it was something that really resonated, and entrepreneurs and family businesses should really, really cling to.
0: And always good to surround yourself with people who, uh, who you can get along with and people who could contribute, which, I, which I'm getting the feeling is the case uh, at Colba. It's, uh,
2: you know, it sounds like it's a great family atmosphere. It's a great business environment. And thanks very much, Joseph, for being part of this. Thank Joseph Basili him.
0: of ColbaNet, thank you. And thanks to Kevin Ammerman, IT Director at Fuller Landau. And to Josh Miller, we'll see you back here next Monday night at 7 p.m. You can reach Fuller Landau during business hours at 514-875-2865 or visit their website, www.flmontreal.com. Delmore at Night is next on CJ80.